Welcome to the Scottish Documentary Institute podcast. My name is Jonathan Melville and this is the third and final episode focusing on our series of films developed for a broadcast on BBC Scotland in association with Screen Scotland as part of the Right Here initiative. Right Here explores the rich diversity of Scottish identity through character-driven stories and beautiful imagery. And this episode we're discussing Lindsay Brown's 30-minute film Time to Fly, which is available now on BBC iPlayer. Well, there, you can also watch the first two films in the series, Long Live Livy and Our Fathers. Time to Fly is an emotional documentary about a mother, Sammy, navigating through care options for her autistic daughter, April, as she leaves residential school and transitions to adult accommodation. I met up with Sammy and Lindsay earlier this year following a screening of the Right Here films at Glasgow Film Festival. We discussed the development of Time to Fly and how it's a follow-up to Lindsay's 2016 short, Swan a film that will be made available to watch on our website from the start of July. I started by asking Sammy whether the Glasgow screening was the first time she'd watched Time to Fly, and I should say it's a bit noisy in the background, as we were recording this in the foyer at the CCA in Glasgow. On big screen, yes, I've seen little snippets of it on a uh, laptop, but yes, on the big screen, and Lindsay Brown is an amazing filmmaker. It is so difficult to to make a film like this. Um, She's had to get in all sorts of awkward situations, positions, times, meetings, weeks, months, and she's had to deal with my tears. So she's had a lot of tears as well. She's felt everything I feel. Well, you, you two go back quite a long way. Uh, and this film is almost the, well, sort of part two, really, of, uh, well, let's say maybe a trilogy, but certainly it's part two. You, you worked to, you, you directed uh, Lindsay um, Swan a few years ago. Maybe you could tell us just a little bit about that film and really just how this new one came about. Um, well, Sammy and I met through another filmmaker. Um, when April was about 13, we talked about working together uh, with two directors and Sammy and April. That didn't happen at that point in time. So when uh, Bridging the Gap came along that had uh, the theme women, um, I went back to Sammy and had a chat with her and said, how about we, we try and make a 15-minute film just purely about you and April, about your relationship, the time you have at home, the things that you do together. Um, just to, you know, And through that process, we find out who, who April is as a person because April obviously can't tell me how she feels it's often just how she interacts with other people that you understand then who she is and her, her personality and her character so um, that was that was a, a, a very shall I say it was quite an intense period of us working together um, I think there was always the question after that what happens to April after she's 16 so when this opportunity came up again, the film, this film, Time to Fly, was actually ready to go because April is 19 and it's another pivotal moment in her life. She's about to leave school. What happens when she leaves school and, and where does she go and how does she, how are we enabling her to have an independent life? So there's always that question um, and yeah, that, 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 that film just seemed to be want to be made. And Sammy and I go back for such a long time that uh, it was good to be working together again. And yeah, I, I, I really felt it this time again as well. You know, I felt like 
all the stopping and starting was how this family had been feeling for, for years and I felt was feeling it in real time. And Sammy mentioned there that almost you both experienced the same things. You know, obviously you were there at the same time, but you kind of lived part of her life almost. I mean, what just briefly, what was that experience like? Did you go and stay or, you know, live with the family or did you go every couple of days or once a week? Or how, how did roughly how did that work? Um, well, that, that was the whole point, is that it wasn't, you could not plan it. So, you know, I wasn't only this time just working around Sammy and April in their family home. I was working around the school. I was working around other pupils. I was working around care workers um, in, our, in our respite. I was working around adult care workers who were helping a transition, social work department, housing. So there was all these different facets that I had to work around and work within. Um, and sometimes you would, I would, I would drive for three hours just to spend, you know, 15 minutes with April because they'd changed the arrangement or they'd done something else. And, you know, it was just that stop start not happening today. Yes, it is. You know, I, and I, it was very, very tiring and emotional. And I felt like, like I said, I was, I was living part of their life in real time. And Sammy, what's it like having a filmmaker I mean I, I know that you're, you're, you're friends is that right to say you're, you're friends now but still it's someone else coming with a camera into your, your home and your life what, what's that like is it something you can get used to or is, there, is it always a little bit strange or, you know? uh, because I, um, Lindsay and I had built, built up such a rapport anyway we, we, you know, we really clicked um, and I think there was a, the friendship was there before the the film itself. Uh, I'm very creative, kind of creative person, but I've never had a lot of time to to be creative because life's been just how it is in the film over a long time. It's just you don't, you can't get in, into any kind of routine. And hopefully that will all change soon. We've all got a life, myself, my daughter, and Frankie. So um, yeah. I don't think initially it would have happened. It wouldn't have happened with any other filmmaker because I needed that bond. And because my daughter... My daughter has curly hair like Lindsay and I'm sure she thinks she's a relative. So, you know, I'm sure... Just keeps turning up at the house. She's like, you know, she's part of the family. I mean, April sees Lindsay and she giggles at her. And I think it's because the similarities that they've got because look at this curly hair this gorgeous curly hair they've both got and, and April's like I like her because she's got hair like me and that I, I just imagine that that's what April maybe thinks because you can't always verbalise anything but I could just see April April got quite fond of Lindsay and that was the, when I went right this can actually happen this can happen so any other filmmaker wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, been able wouldn't have got that it wouldn't have been possible without Lindsay Brown it just wouldn't have happened and Lindsay do you ever is there anything like a lot of the film is um, is Sammy kind of talking to camera really and, and her inner thoughts and it's almost like a bit of a, a, a diary in a way but is was there anything that you felt you, you that isn't in the film that you maybe thought I just don't think I should be showing that maybe something was emotional or just, you maybe can both mention that, but was there any time that you said, even you, Sammy, said, actually, can you not put that in? Or was it just a case of you both wanted to show what it was really 
like? I don't know. We sh- I think I think um, for Swan, uh, Sammy and I put in a very strict set of guidelines for filming. There was always that April's dignity would be upheld, so there would be no sort of I don't know going to the toilet or anything like that. We were not interested in that, um, uh, but also. April's choice, so when April walks off the screen, she doesn't want to be filmed. I know April really well now, you know, she's in my camera bag, I'm quite relaxed with that now, she rakes around trying to find sweeties or marshmallows, I just let her do that. Um, she, uh, she, if she doesn't want somebody to have a radio mic on, she will take the radio mic off, she'll roll it up and she'll hand it back to me, you know, and she'll push me out of the way, she doesn't want me there, so I, I understand uh, how April is communicating. Um, so yes, there was a very strict set of guidelines in the first place, and I think on this film, that trust was already there, and that understanding was already there. Um, so that that's it, really. Anything to say on that? Just that, just that idea of was there any time? That you, it sounds like there wasn't, but was there any time when you sort of said, actually, no, can we not have that? Or messy house. Well, yeah, my, the messy house, my, my messy house, and then, but then that, that doesn't just stop there. I mean, I, I used to not let people in sometimes if they came to the door, um, and that's just kind of a dignity thing again. It was really hard to keep a, a tidy house with a child's with special needs, such as April. But April. She learned something really precious from the, the first film, Swan, because Lindsay talked her through the process, just letting her watch what she was doing. So April knows, because she's seen the little screen of herself on the, on the camera, uh, of, of, her, of the film. I used to let her watch the LCD. Yeah. Is that what you call it? The LCD. She'd see herself on the LCD and... That's when April started to look in the mirror at herself. And she she learned a lot about self-awareness, about herself. She, you know, she, where she was in space and time. And uh, she, she, she likes to watch herself. She's just great to be like that, love yourself. I don't like to watch myself, but she does. And she's learned a lot from it. She's, she's done a lot. And it's her bit. It's her bit. It's her shout out for her community. She was actually helping me this time, and the Kelpies. That 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 I met. I met. I met her and um, a couple of girls from the respite, the Kelpies. And you know, there's quite a shot of silhouetted, a shot of her walking beside me, and that's because she's linked in with me, and I have to hold the camera tucked in under my other arm. But she was really helping me there. You know, she was standing underneath that Kelpie till she knew that I got the shot. Um, and she was wandering around waiting till I'd caught the shot when normally she'd be would be off and back to the car, you know, and a bit where she locks over the light. She's she's helping me out. I've asked her to do that again so I could film it and you know, she's 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 you know, she does, she, she knows. Yeah. I don't think people give her enough credit for what for what she knows. Uh, you can, it's all in there, like I said in the in the beginning of the film, the, um, in the trailer, it's all in there. I think finally, let you go back to your uh, celebrations in a, in a second. But I, I think um, you know the film obviously is is focusing on April, but it does highlight the, the the system that she and you, Sammy, are are working and living in and trying to 
manage, I suppose, certainly the housing system, and that's a very strong part of it. And you, you, it's so sad at the end when you talk all the way through it, you're talking about the house and she's going to get a house. And of course, by the end of it, she still doesn't have a house. So two kind of questions. First of all, um, I suppose, well, how is the housing situation for April? And also, do you think this is... Uh, is it important to be showing what's happening, not just April, but lots of other people who are going through the same situation with this, this system, really? Sammy? Um, well, you know, uh, if push came to shove, uh, um, our new care package would have to, really, would have to come to my house and, and, and uh, live with me, Frankie, in April, because I, am, I can't do this. Uh, you know, I'm a one-woman army, and I can't... April runs really fast. I can't run after her. I'm waiting on a knee replacement, and let's face it, she needs she needs a, a team of people. So I can't imagine how that would be for her brother having people, all different people coming in and out of his house, my house, and April's needing her own space. She really, really does. She's at that age now. All your children move out. Why should it be different for April? You know, to have her own her own space and her own carers, you know. And there is a, sh- a shortage of housing right across the board. So, you know, we'll have homelessness problems. April's technically, if you want, homeless, because I feel like, although it does feel like I'm, I'm putting her out, but my house isn't April-friendly. It's not about, we've got stairs, we've got, you know, we've got windows up in the hall, stair, big staircase, um... You know, maybe we'll we could once April settled. Well, maybe one day we'll we'll downsize too, and then some big family will have our our social housing. We're in social housing. I couldn't afford to buy a house, you know. So yeah, there's a lot to do with housing shortages, and then suitable housing. And I think that what needs to happen when designers are building houses and architects are building spaces that are for people with disabilities. They need to stop thinking about disability just in the physical sense. They need to think about cognitive disabilities, how they design houses for people with cognitive issues where, you know, they might want to grab a light bulb. You know, it's, it's not rocket science. And how is the... Her, um, how is... Is April, is the housing situation looking better for her at the moment? Or? Well, let's just say we've got um, a potential beautiful bungalow. It needs quite a bit of adaption done to it. It would be perfect for her. Um, but we got stuck at building regulations with the, um, a thumb lock door. But the carers all need a door with a key. April must not be able to open the door in the middle of the night and abscond because, unfortunately, she does need people with her at all times out and about because she has got, a, a, you know, a, she lacks in that awareness of safety. I don't know how safe she would be if she just wandered off by herself. I think um, she, 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 there is another offer of a house to answer that question. But this whole process then starts again. And is it going to fall flat again in another two or three months if they find another issue with building regulations, which is, is crazy. And this is the question at the Q&A. There is a disconnect, I think, between um, 
housing, social work, care plans that are put in place and the, the people that are going to look after April and it's not quick enough. You know, it really needs to, to quicken up. And this is a this is a hot potato at the moment, particularly in England, when Matt Hancock has been sort of dragged over hot coals for two thousand autistic people that are in unsuitable housing. Some of them have been highlighted to have been locked up and that's just that's not on. You know, it's not on. Thanks to Sammy and Lindsay for joining us. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at scottishdocinstitute.com forward slash subscribe to hear about the latest news and event details. (laughs) 